Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. We are not going to go off the rails. We are not going to be a crazy train. We are going to jump right back into where we left off. We are going to discuss today Ozzy Osbourne's 1991 album, No More Tears. We started with his biography. If you didn't catch that, go back last week and check that out before you jump in with us today. Okay, Jason, before we get started, I have to talk to you about something. Okay, so you know me. You know I love movies. You know I love music. What would be the third thing that you say I love above all other things? Uh, food. Correct, Amundo, my friend. Which is why I am super excited about our first sponsor ever. Super excited to have a sponsor. And they also happen to be food. And they also happen to be a food that I really love. I'm going to read you this ad, but just know this is genuine stuff, okay? Our podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. They say we start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it's friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we have been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. So just special for our listeners, they are offering up to 15% off when you use the code MINUTE15. Check them out at https semicolon slash slash earthechofoods.com slash minute media and i just gotta say i've had this type of chocolate before it's better than regular chocolate it's one of those ones that all other memories will fade and i will still have it (laughs) sounds fantastic sounds fantastic this is great stuff yeah okay so we're going to talk about no more tears today i've got a couple of bits of information sort of an intro to the album before we jump in track by track like you said previously this album was released September 17th, 1991. That was the same day that Guns N' Roses released their two albums, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Yep. It's the same month that Red Hot Chili Peppers released Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic. Yep. And the same month that Nirvana... Same week. Same week yep. that Nirvana released Nevermind. It was huge, huge time for music in America. This was the first and only Ozzy Osbourne album that I ever purchased. I didn't own the rest of them. I didn't really even get into some of that, some of the 70s stuff until later on. It may have been Beavis and Butthead, honestly. They had an episode where they joked about him biting the head off of a live cow, which one of, <laughs> which one of my friends said, did he really? And we, we lost our minds. <laughs> that friend, you know, that friend that says that. Of course. I, I'm not a diehard Aussie fan. I haven't gone back and gotten those other albums to check them all out. I'm the radio-friendly Aussie guy. Me too. Me too. So this is his sixth solo album. Yep. No More Tears, released September 17th, 91. This is his first album that he 
was sober. This album, if you'll notice, just the themes in general, it's more personal. It's more reflective. Uh, you can feel bits of regret, but hopefulness. So it's a little different than Diary of a Madman, for instance. This is definitely a more personal Ozzy. You have help from outside composers. Lemmy Kilmeister from Motorhead wrote four of the tracks on this album. Wow. The personnel on this album, I, I find this interesting, okay? Yeah. You've got Ozzy on lead vocals. You've got Zach Wilde on guitars. You've got Randy Castillo, who was Lita Ford's drummer before he jumped on with Ozzy. Mm -hmm. And actually, he was Tommy Lee's replacement in Motley Crue for a time when Tommy Lee dropped out of Motley Crue. That's right. And then they had uh, this guy named Bob Daisley, who was with them for 10 plus years. Yeah. But he was fired before the release of the album, although he did lay down the tracks. Yeah. The guy that in the video was Mike Inez. Yeah. And he joined Alice in Chains full time after the album. So it's kind of an interesting cast of characters on this album. I think it's interesting when they were asking him initially, they're like, Ozzy, you got a new album out and you're newly sober. Yeah. Yes, I am. And yes, yes, I am. <laughs> right. They say, well, what do you think? Is it good? And he's like, I have no idea. I am just now like a newborn babe trying to figure out <laughs> what's good and what's not and what's real and what's not. Right. He was so drugged out that when he was finally sober, I don't know if it's any good or not. We'll see. So the first song on the album is a song called Mr. Tinker Train. Where is she? Okay, so the song starts off and it's got this kind of music box sound to it and it's got the children playing in the background and it's real creepy. It is creepy. And then there's a video for it and the video, I, I don't know that I'd ever seen it before we started researching these albums, but I'm watching and I'm like, I think that's the movie that Jason and I have just started talking about. And sure enough, it is the movie M by Fritz Lang from back in 1931. which, if things go according to plan, we will be comparing to Silence of the Lambs in October. Right. But it's a story of a child serial murderer, uh -huh. which is what our song, Mr. Tinker Train, is about as well. That's right. I actually watched the first half of it this morning. Of M? Of M, yes. Okay. I watched the first half of M with my 18-year-old daughter, who... Doesn't get interested in a whole lot of movies, but she was like, I really, and she had to go to work. She's like, I really want to watch the rest of this. We need to watch it soon. I'm like, okay. Interesting. Okay, yeah. cool. So yeah, this song, the lyrics talk about a serial murderer who is enticing young children with sweets. Yeah, and toys you've never seen. I'm pretty sure it's a sexual assault. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so then it, the it comes in full blast after this after the little intro with these hard drums, guitars, bass, and then this anthem pulsing boom boom. I love it. So I'm listening to this and I, I was talking to somebody. I'm like, man, that drum sound is so good. Like, what's going on there? And he said, it's it's the kick drum and the snare at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so it's that fist pounding rock. It blew me away. Yeah. I love it. Pounding rock song. The one thing that's really curious about this song yeah. is it has this wonderful, gorgeous synth breakdown in the middle of the song. Yep. And it softens. It's really soft 
It's very Beatles-esque to me. It's like beautiful, yeah. Yeah. And so I just, when I heard that, I'm like, man, this song is me. It's just unexpected turn. And so, although the lyrics are a little bit strange. Well, scary songs, right? It's scary. Scary songs. Yep. Dance with the world, with the girl that brought you. I don't know what Mr. Tinker Train is, but to me, I, I keep thinking of Tinker Toys. The weird thing also about this song yeah. is it stops on a dime. And when I mean stops on a dime, it just full on and then... That's it. Done. Yeah, you don't have a fade out, which I love. I, I, I fade outs were every single song growing up, and I got tired of fade out, fade outs. I want to hear the end of the song. Yep. Finish it. Okay. Beautiful song. Pounding rocker. Love it. All right. So the next song is called "I Don't Want to Change the World." This is the first song co-written by Lemmy. Yeah, it came out in 1993 on the Live and Loud album, and that version won the Grammy for Best Metal Performance. This song won a Grammy. Yeah. This is a great song. I love it. It's another, I mean, it's another awesome rock kicking butt, but unlike Mr. Tinker Train, he's not referring to demons or insanity or any of the other stuff that he had made his career on up to this point this is about life this is about i'm i'm just trying to be me and i'm not trying to make a big show or something i just want to get on with my life another song that i'm just loving right out of the gate two for two so far yeah love it all right the next song I'm dying to talk about. Oh, yeah. The third song in the album is called Mama, I'm Coming Home. So this might be the reason that I bought the album was to learn how to play this intro guitar piece. And this is one of a few rock ballads on this album, and I love it. This song was released March 12th of 92, reached number 28 on the Hot 100. This is a rare top 40 hit for Ozzy. Yeah. In fact, this song and Close My Eyes Forever uh-huh. are his only two top 40 hits. Wow. It's gorgeous. This is not a crazy, psychopathic rocker. This is a beautiful ballad. Yeah, this is, this is a love letter to Sharon. So he'd had this melody in his head for a while, and it was Zach Wilde that kind of helped him bring it to fruition. Mm-hmm. And the Mama, I'm Coming Home would be what he would say to Sharon at the last show at the tour. You know, finally done. I'm coming home to see you. And Lemmy is the one that, ended up, for the guy from Motorhead, is the one that ended up writing the lyrics for the song. And he did it in just, you know, like a like couple, a couple hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. I always thought it was weird that Mama is Sharon. Like, that's him referring to his wife. Right. I always thought that was weird as a single person mm-hmm. until I had kids. Yeah. Right? And so you refer to your wife a lot of times as mom, you know, yeah. talking to the kids. Hey, yeah. go tell mom it's time for us to go to dinner or whatever. 
And so it doesn't seem as weird to me anymore. But yeah, that's his nickname for her. And in fact, he has used that nickname for her in uh, Flying High Again, which we talked about off of Diary of a Madman. Uh-huh. And then in his other song, Running Out of Time, which is off his 2001 album. Yeah. Zach Wilde talks about the guitar solo on this. It says, so easy that he can do it in his sleep. Uh-huh. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. He thinks it's pretty cool. It, it's just so catchy and just flows right out of him. It is definitely catchy. Yeah. And, um, you know, after Lemmy wrote the lyrics, Ozzy said he looked at him and I'm like, you wrote this in how long? And they're not good lyrics. They're f- amazing lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> F-words just roll right out of Ozzy all the time. This is kind of a love letter to Sharon for her helping him get sober. The cool thing I learned when I researched this song, there are two versions of this video, this music video. Okay. Keep in mind in the early 90s, man, MTV is still showing a lot of music videos, still very popular. The good old days. Oh, let's hold your hand over your heart for just a minute. (laughs) So the first video I saw, but as soon as it was put up yesterday, it's really weird Yeah. for a song that's nearly 30 years old. Right. I saw it. I tried to send it to you. I couldn't. Right. And then I go back and look today. I can't find it. There's some video out there that Ozzy didn't like that didn't make it out that you got to see and I didn't. Okay. So it's a side scroll video. Okay. Picture with me. Light blue background. It Uh reminds me of like the Sowing of Seeds of Love video or maybe Raspberry Beret. Colorful. All right. And it's scrolling sideways. Think Defender. Yeah. Right. Defender, the video game. Yeah. And it's Ozzy, it's Zach, it's the drummer, it's interesting little animations. It doesn't fit the tone of the song, though. Right. The new video with those sort of brown sepia tones yeah. gives the the beauty and the respect that this song deserves instead of something hokey and cartoony. Do you know who directed the video? No. Oh, I'm going to blow your mind. Tell me. So he had... Is it Russell McKay? No. He had just directed... A video for another band who had had an album released the same week. The band picked him as a director because he had the worst demo video. (laughs) And they wanted it to look not corporate. It was Sam Bayer, who directed Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit video, who directed Ozzy's Mama, I'm Coming Home. When you say that, it totally makes sense. The brown, grainy sepia tones. That blew your mind? That blew my mind. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> mama, mama, I'm coming home. Wonderful song. I hate to end it. Beautiful song. Yeah. All right. The next song is called Desire. This reminds me of something. I don't wait till I tell you. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is kicking butt already. This is a driving rock song, right? Yeah, loving it, loving it. Okay. The beginning of this song reminds that, me of what? What is it? Okay, it's ringing a bell in your head. Isn't yes. It? The dun 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 yeah. dun dun. Yeah. Okay, it's either, it's either another thing coming by Judas Priest. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. see where I'm coming from yes, on that? Yes. Yes. Or 
It's Wizards in Winter by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It's the, <laughs> it's the Christmas Lights song. Da, da, da. Let me play that for you real quick. I'm not kidding. I and I'm not making a joke. This is what that reminds me of. Are you with me on that? Dun, 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 dun. Yep, uh, it is. You're right. It is. That's <laughs> what it's from. I was not a big Judas Priest fan, but I guarantee we listen to that every single Christmas. Every Christmas. Downs Family Farm, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Downs Family Farm. Uh this song was played almost every show for the No More Tours tour. Pump and Rocker. Yeah, and then he's, of course, referring to Crazy Train at the end of the lyrics. This is, nothing has changed. So even though he's sober, he's still got the desires, but uh, he's not going after those, but he's still out there rocking. Nothing's changed. Love it. All right. Moving on. This song is called No More Tears. This is the title track of the album, No More Tears. Yeah. So this song starts out with layers, which you know I love. Yes. But apparently that's how the song came into existence. You know, you mentioned that Mike Inez from Alice in Chains was with them. He's part of this song. He just started thumping that bass, that dinner, near, near, dinner, near. And then Randy, Randy Castillo. Castillo comes in and on the drums. So then John Sinclair comes in with that, those keyboards that are mystical and magical. And it is awesome. But as mystical and magical as, as it is, Ozzy still delivers those tough, like gritty, dark lyrics. It's awesome. Yes. Ozzy calls this song a gift from God. Oh, wow. Right? And to hear the, uh, the Prince of Darkness himself say that, it's pretty incredible, right? Right. So where did it come from? Okay, so the title of the song, No More Tears. I'm gonna, I got this story. It's going to blow you away, all right? Okay. <laughs> no more tears. No more tears. So Ozzy is taking a bath. Right? Oh my gosh. Think about the Prince I'm of already, I can already see <laughs> And it's probably, you know, a very benign bubble bath, right? So uh-huh. he's in the bathtub and he looks over and of course he's got children in the house and he looks over and he sees the Johnson and Johnson shampoo bottle oh my that says no more tears. <laughs> That blew me away. Oh, my gosh. That's hysterical. That is hysterical. I'm surprised Johnson & Johnson let him get away with Johnson & Johnson needs to <laughs> use this song for commercials. <laughs> so this song, interestingly, this. Uh, so I'm listening to this song, 
And this song has a similarity to a song off of the Use Your Illusions albums. Um, there's a comedy bit by John Mulaney called the Salt and Pepper Diner. John and his buddy play What's Up Pussycat on the jukebox 27 times. Okay. And he says at the beginning, he's like, and so you're listening and the second time it comes on, you're thinking to yourself, wow, they just played What's Up Pussycat two times. Or you're thinking, wow, What's Up Pussycat is a lot longer than I thought it was. And it just kind of has a, a dip in the middle, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like November rain where you're like, oh, November rain's over. No, it's not. No, it's just <laughs> getting started. So this song is Ozzy's longest song over seven minutes long yeah. and it's got that little dip where you're like oh the song's over oh no it's not no and you're exactly right to compare it to november rain it's three different songs in one yeah. that breakdown in the middle where you have that dark haunting synth so you get this break <sighs> yes you get this piano with the keyboards with the bell it's majestic and slow and the guitar is coming in and it's like an anthem it's also slow and powerful and just builds and builds up and up and then the drums start slowly building and you have this break where it moves from slow anthem rock guitar to speed metal blow your friggin mind madness love it And Zach Wilde, he's doing those levels with the guitar and it keeps climbing and climbing and faster and climbing and then it drops out and then we're right back to the, the bass line. It's incredible. This song gives me chills, right? It's a, it's a mind-blowing song. Man, freaking fantastic. You might be familiar with this song from Little Nicky starring Adam Sandler. I've got a quick story about this song. Bob Daisley actually plays the bass line on the song track. Okay. okay. He was the bass player and lyricist for Ozzy's first three solo albums. Okay. Yeah. But on Bark of the Moon, he, he was uncredited because of an agreement where he took a, a buyout on songs. I don't really understand how all this works, but he didn't get the proper credit for songwriting that he felt that he deserved. So he got into a little bit of a fight with the Ardens. Okay. Okay. About payment. They paid him out rather than paid him for royalties. And so when he was asked to write lyrics for No More Tears, uh-huh. he, like he was getting ready to sit down and try to work on this song. And he said, well, okay, I'll write the lyrics for this song, but I don't want to be bought out this time. I want credit for songwriting. Right. And they're like, see that door? See you later. So fired. Inez is credited as a writer on the song. He was the one that came up with the bass riff, but... Bob Daisley was the one that ultimately played it for the recording. Okay, that's it. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Are we done with No More Tears? Yes. It is a wonderful, beautiful, dark, haunting... Maybe the best song in the album, in my opinion. I don't know if there's any argument for me on that one. All right.
Okay, so the next song on the album is Won't Be Coming Home, also known as S-I-N. Okay, so at this beginning part, it's so slow and so bluesy. I really feel like Crockett just got in a fight with Tubbs, <laughs> and he's driving his Ferrari down the night streets in Miami, you know, angry at the situation. Yeah, Crockett just got somebody shot on accident. <laughs> Dealing with the grief, throwing the bottle out the window. <laughs> but fortunately, they come in. I like the beginning. It's not very Aussie, but I like it. And, but then they come in full Aussie. Speed, pump. Yep. Just what you want. Absolutely. This song is very slow and very bluesy. Just like you said, to me, this sounds like Long Cold Winter by Cinderella, who's a bluesy rock band. Sure. But you're right. It does pick up. But then you have this wonderful, great sort of melodic chorus. Yeah, it's very hooky, very poppy in its sensibility in the chorus. Yeah. Another radio-friendly song. It wasn't released, but all these songs could be played on the radio. This is not Crazy Wild Man, Ozzy. These are great radio songs. Yeah. I don't know what else to say other than I was shocked at the amount of ballads that we're finding on this album. Interestingly, (laughs) the first lines are about a psycho driver twisted in his head. But this, he's talking about voices in his head. This, when when I'm listening to the lyrics on this, I'm thinking about the fight with Sharon that got him arrested. He said, I saw it happening like deja vu. They tried to tell me, but they couldn't get through. In my head, I hear voices scream. I need someone to tell me what it means. And then it says, whoa, who turned out the lights? Whoa, shadow in the night. Whoa, it wasn't meant to be. I can't take this alone. Don't leave me on my own tonight. No, I can't take it alone. Don't leave me on my own tonight. So it's, I mean, I'm not saying that that's what it is. I've got nothing to back that up, but it sure sounds like I had voices in my head. I don't remember what happened. And there was a big old problem because of it. I think that's exactly what this song is about. He blacked out, doesn't remember any of it. And this is his recollection of that any idea what sin stands for not anything in the lyrics that could tell us what sin stands for not that i can see okay all right so moving on the world may never know yeah why would you have an acronym in a song and not spell it out for us (laughs) all right so the next song on the album is called hellraiser Okay, so Hellraiser is a song written by Ozzy, Zach Wilde, and Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah. So this one is his I'm on the road song. Okay. The the line, the lyrics, the very first lyrics are, I'm living on an endless road around the world for rock and roll. Sometimes it feels so tough, but I still ain't had enough. And then it goes into the Hellraiser. Yeah. So this tour was the No More Tours tour. Yes. Which meant he was done. Yeah. Except that he wasn't because two years later he came back with Retirement Sucks tour, right? He needs the stage is what this song is about. He needs the lights. He needs the noise. That's what lights his fire. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. You know, if you like this song and you say to yourself, hey, this song's great, but it's not quite heavy enough for me, that's okay because Motorhead recorded a version of this song on their 1992 album, March or Die. Hellraiser, in the thunder and heat. Hellraiser, in the thunder and heat. 
there you go. What do you think? Pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> this song appeared in the 2004 video game Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Okay. It's also the entrance music for the professional wrestling team, the Hellraisers. <laughs> Shocker, right? Right. How appropriate. <laughs> I like this song. This is another rocker. Yeah. No, I'm not fast forwarding. We're flipping between melodic rockers and awesome power ballads. Yeah. The video that Motorhead made for Hellraiser. Yeah. The video shows Lemmy playing poker against Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh. That is pretty what cool. What does that guy say? What's that guy say? We'll tear your soul apart. Very good. Nice. All right. After Hellraiser, we move on to a song that gets tons of radio play still to this day. It's called Time After Time. It's the Cindy Lauper. It is not the Cindy Lauper. Oh, version. okay. So this song is simple. Okay. It's straightforward. Yeah. It's a lost love, right? It's not particularly deep or complex lyrics. The song itself, the music, isn't super complex either, but it sure is good. It's ear candy. You get a 12-string guitar with a kick-butt drum behind it and a kick-butt lead on top of that, and I'm in. And this is that all over the place. Oh, it's beautiful. I love this one. This one has the line in it, line after line. Yeah. It's got to be, we're talking about cocaine there, right? Yeah, so he says it twice. And so the first, it's, I couldn't read your mind, line after line. And then line after line, it was written in your eyes. You kind of get the impression that he didn't do what he should have done. He should have seen it, but also that it was those cocaine lines that were blurring his vision. Blurring the vision, yeah. yeah. This is another song that has an incredible slow breakdown in the middle. And it even has that sort of, I don't know what you call it, drum machine was like that beautiful power ballad yep you you admit you brought it up in the last song and i wanted to talk about it just a little bit this album was supposed to be his last tour yeah right yeah and so he was going to he, they even called it the no more tours tour tour yeah okay from june of 92 to november of 92 yeah. because he was incorrectly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis oh okay and so the last few dates of that tour, it may have even been in the last date, like November 15th of 92, yeah. the original four members of Black Sabbath played on stage all together again. But of course, that was a misdiagnosis. He was feeling good. So a couple of years later, he comes back with the Retirement Sucks tour. Yeah. And then a couple of years after that, does a tour with the old members of Black Sabbath. It's awesome. And I think... He either just finished or is just starting his No More Tours Tour 2 <laughs> right now. So time after time, beautiful, lovely, melodic song. Can't say enough. Love it. Right. Okay. 
The next song on the album is called Zombie Stomp. All right, D, so this song has a stupid title, <laughs> right? I, I don't know yeah. what the zombie stomp is, but you have this really cool, grand, two-minute intro to this song. Uh-huh. And really, if you don't like this song, you don't like rock music. I mean, this is just a beautiful build-up. Yeah, it's a pumping, pulsing. They keep adding driving. layers and instruments. And and I think that if you're thinking of zombies like that's that probably is going to make it a stupid title for you. But the lyrics, I, I mean, I, again, I'm... I'm throwing my own interpretation on here, but he's talking about having to, to struggle through needing something to kill the pain. I'm thinking that the zombie he's referring to is the drink. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, because he's talking about having a headache and don't call me a doctor, just give me something to kill the pain. And I, you know, the morning after killing me again, I think, yeah, I think it's got to be zombie. It's got to be an alcohol. More drug references. Yes. Yeah. And so, how to, well, how to do an alcohol reference that also ties into your occult and scary, scary music. theme. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it is. So, yeah. What's a drink that's scary? The zombie. That's, that's where I am. Okay. All right. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't. Okay. I have no idea. All right. So. To our listeners out there, if you know better, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Okay. Fun song, good song, good rocker. Yep. Moving on. All right. The next song on the album is called AVH, another acronym. Yes. Okay. With a mysterious, what does it stand for question. I know the answer on this one. Okay. Well. Are you excited? I Well, I've got two answers. You got two. Okay. Well, uh, all right. All right. Go, go yeah. ahead. What you got? Okay. Wait, wait. Well, let's, let's play the song. Yeah, so let's listen to the song first. Okay. So this song, when this song starts off, I, I'm thinking of Aerosmith. We've got the the old bluesy style guitar, guitar going yeah. on, and when you come in, that the riff that he's got going is very Joe Perry esque. Yeah, and it's and, and even the lyrics are up and down. It's about it's about the blues, baby, rock and freaking roll, man. Not typical Aussie stuff, but it's. I think this has to be a Zach Wilde contribution to the uh, album, but we still have the question of what does AVH mean? Right. Okay. So do you know who Chris Jericho is? I do know who Chris Jericho, the wrestler? Yes. And radio personality? And- yeah. He's he's a professional wrestler and a lead singer for Fozzie. And according to him, okay, Ozzy Osbourne said that AVH stands for Aston Villa Highway, which is an homage to the football team that he and his Black Sabbath bandmates followed when they were kids growing up in Birmingham. Okay. Not Alabama. (laughs) Okay, so I've heard that too. The Aston Villa Highway, A-V-H. Yeah. He doesn't say that anywhere in the song. Here was the rumor on the street, okay? Okay. Now, you know, rumors, whatever. A-V-H stood for alcohol- Valium and hashish. Oh. Okay. Talking more, you know, more drugs. Well, I will say this because if I was going to, if somebody were going to say, what's a drug with H? I'm not going to say hashish. I'm going to say heroin. But 
among the drugs that Ozzy has done, he has not done heroin. He so, never did heroin. Never did heroin. I love it. He's like, did didn't do ecstasy, didn't do heroin, didn't do eight ball. Oh wait, yeah. All right. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I, it's I dig it. It's it's fun. I'm not skipping it. I'm not skipping it either. And and like you, I was surprised at, at the amount of ballads on this album mm-hmm. and the amount of blues I hear on this album. Yeah. Well, let's not forget they did originally back in the seventies get together to be a blues band. That's crazy. Saxophone in Black Sabbath. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next song in the album. The last song on the original release. Yeah. The Road to Nowhere. Okay. So this is about Sarah Palin and an event that occurred during the 2008. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's, that's a bridge to nowhere. Never mind. Sorry, sorry. Scrap that. Uh, politics. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so this song, number one, I love it. Before I get started on this, I love yes. it. But number two, Black Sabbath, when they were together, they did everything they could to not be formulaic, right? They, right. they, they weren't going to do verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, done. They did, they avoided that. In this album, we've had it over and over. Right. There's a formula here, but they execute it with such perfection. And I got to give lots and lots of credit to Zach Wilde because you've got a song here that, I mean, is drums and a guitar at the beginning and you are playing along with it if you're not playing air guitar or beating on air drums at the beginning of this song there's something wrong with you we both did it at the same time we did yes we both did it impromptu yes it is so good and the dynamics are so powerful where they can go from this sweet and beautiful sound to this powerful kick in the chorus and then when they move into the bridge it's a beautiful transition again and the lyrics are so self-reflective so you know i'm really the problem all along the road to nowhere leads to me Tipper Gore can't come after him on this one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he, he's very much accountable to his former actions and you know the events of his life that left him in you know wreckage. He talks about this is clearly talking the road to nowhere. Drugs are the road to nowhere. I love this song. We've had so many albums that we that at the last song in the album, I went, man, I wish they would have left this one off. This one finishes strong. Oh, it's such a great capper. Again, arguably best song on the album. I'm not saying it is, but you could make the case. You could make the case. And to finish as strong, actually stronger than you started with so many powerful, chart-topping, amazing songs throughout, uh, it's a masterpiece. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. What a great end to the album. Yep. Now, just to, to comment on that, this album was re-released in 2002. Mm-hmm. There was two bonus songs called Don't Blame Me and Party With Animals. Uh-huh. 
We're not going to talk about those. No. We're talking about the original 1991 release. Right. One more thing about Road to Nowhere. Yes. The video. I watched the video for this song. Uh-huh. Did you watch the video? Uh, so okay. So it has kind of this interesting beginning. It's in black and white. And Is Ozzy's, this the one like a car garage or sewers or something? He's sitting in a, an apartment room watching a television uh-huh. of clips of Ozzy Osbourne from the 80s. Okay. And he keeps flipping channels. He's getting mad. And it's basically he's thinking about the way he used to be. Yeah. And he's watching himself and he's like, change the channel. He sees another picture of himself. He's like, oh, I hate that guy. Uh, I hate uh, that guy. Right. Uh, yeah. And he finally pulls out a gun and blows up the TV. <laughs> it's a very, you know, early 90s video. So just a thought, because I think this probably applies to a lot of the guys who listen to us. It applies to us. He was 42. Oh, this song. <laughs> I mean, you get to a point on your life that you start reflecting. You yeah. start looking back and you're like, if you're disappointed with where you are, if you're doing it right, you're probably saying to yourself, I'm the one that put myself here. Yeah. But never fear because 42 or 45 or 47 is all still young. You got a whole lot of life left in front of you, right? That's right. That's right. So we're ready to jump into final judgment. Let's get to final judgment. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. All right, D, where are you? You want me to go first? You want me to go first? I don't care. That's fine. I'll go first. I'll go first. All right. All right. Before we dove into this, I would have said I am more of an Aerosmith fan. I definitely was more familiar with the Get a Grip album than I was No More Tears, even though I own both albums. Mm -hmm. When I examine the Get a Grip album, there are certain songs that I love on that album, but there's also songs that I would skip and be happy if I never heard again. More than one or two or three, even. I love Living on the Edge. I love Amazing and Crying. And those songs really define the early 90s for me because they were on all the time. But when I took the deep dive that we did into Ozzy's No More Tears album, the best song in the album is No More Tears. 1A is Mama, I'm Coming Home. Right after that, you got Road to Nowhere and Time After Time. Mr. Tinker Train is a butt-kicking, thumping rock song. But you go up and down the album, every song is good. Every song on No More Tears is good. There are some throwaway skippers on Get a Grip. There are some brilliant points, but for the album-to-album comparison, it is clearly, in my opinion, No More Tears. Where are you? Okay. Yeah, I mean... To, to compare the work of the band, I, I, I probably were, was in the same spot. Like Aerosmith, I knew I knew Sweet Emotion, I knew Dream On, I knew Walk This Way. I And then when they started hitting big again in the 80s, I was all about those songs. And we picked Get a Grip because it was their biggest selling album of the time. And it was the 90s album that came out the same time as this one where we've got 70s rockers bringing it back full circle in the 90s and you've got great songs you've got eat the rich you've got living on the edge you've got crying you've got crazy you've got amazing and then my personal little one that i brought out of this one having not heard it before was boogeyman i know you don't like it but i dig i dig it and so i'll be coming back to that one but i'm in the same position that i was with journey when we covered frontiers all of the other songs are like the generic Aerosmith song. Like, 
I hear it, I'm like, okay, it's Aerosmith. I'm not going to, you know, if I'm busy, I'm not going to turn it off. But if I'm trying to listen hard, I'm, I'm going to skip some of these songs so I can get to some of those other songs that I love. Right. When I get to No More Tears, I don't skip. It is a rock solid, no skipper, great from beginning to end. There are some songs that are greater than others, but all of them are worthy to take your time and dive into because they are all very good songs, zero skippers. And so that being the case, I got to pick No More Tears as well. All right. How often does that happen? We agree. What? How about that? Well, let's hear from you guys. What do you think? Yeah. Aerosmith's Get a Grip album or Ozzy's No More Tears? Yeah. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. We're at, at Shirley Podcast on both of those. You can email us, ShirleyPodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to help us out a little bit, you can go to our Patreon page where you can subscribe to uh, send us a monthly donation enough to buy a cup of coffee for us will be enough to get you an executive producer credit on one of our episodes. And we got cool stuff. I still use the headphones. The headphones that we give away are my favorite headphones. They're great. Some big company come into trouncing on me because uh, I said something bad about their product, but I have the expensive headphones and I prefer the ones that that we give out. I do too. These stay in my ears when I go jogging. So if you're interested in that, check out our Patreon page. And as always, you've got the phone in your hand. Just go to that podcast app and you just hit that subscribe button right in the face and you get to hear us every single week. Yeah. Maybe a couple times a week. We'd love a five-star review too if you got a few minutes. Next week, we have one of the funniest cult classics of all time, Caddyshack. And we are comparing it to, to a, one of the funniest <laughs> golf classics of all time. That's right. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Both golf movies, both classics. Happy Gilmore is actually reaching its 25th Fifth. anniversary. It's crazy. It's a quarter of a century old. It's going to be fun. Come right. back next week. I'm excited. All right. Tune in to see which one's the best. All right, buddy. See you.